0: From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tack Podcast. June. 22nd, 2022. As we're recording this live, keep in mind if you are listening or watching in replay, you can most of the time catch these live, participate in the chat, ask questions uh, of our guests, and also participate in the polls out there. So while folks are filing in live, let's uh, go over a couple of things. Like our guest, we've got uh, Cody with Taurus sitting in the uh, waiting room. Going to bring him in here sh- really shortly. Maybe a short episode of this episode because uh, he may have some things going on. But we'll try to get as much, ring as much info out of him as we possibly can. Uh, as far as the poll out there, if you're filing in, do you own any Taurus firearms? That is the poll. You've got the options of yes, yes, multiple, no, maybe one day, and no, never. I'm happy to see that even though it's early on that poll, there is uh, 0% that say no, never And I like to see that I like to see uh, open minds Also, thanks to the Patreon patrons The YouTube channel members We have a lot of fun In both of those communities And thanks as well to those that super chat Super thanks and shop All the cool swag over at clovertackcom Slash shop So with that out of the way Let's bring him in My, uh, my fellow East Texas brethren here <laughs> Mr. Cody, how are you, man?
1: All right, good, good. I think our accents blend in pretty well, so a little (laughs) bit, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, That would be interesting for those out there. Do do we sound anywhere near alike? I think we do, Uh, (laughs) but uh, that's the way it is. So, yeah, it's been a been a couple months since I seen you, seen you at the gathering, and at that point, you hadn't had but maybe a couple of weeks. With Taurus, yeah. for those that don't know, I mean, you probably remember Cody, if you've been following the show very long, uh, was at Walter and then moved over to Taurus, which happens in the firearm industry. We see that happen a lot with folks moving around in companies. And um, So, you know, congrats again on that. Uh, and I want to say, now that you've got a few months under your belt at Taurus, how's it going? Everything's going? How you like it?
1: It's going great. I'm actually uh, enjoying this side of it quite a bit when we look at like kind of what the Taurus brand does for the firearms industry and people getting into shooting and stuff and I you know the more and more I kind of see this and I, I think we've all probably started off with a Taurus at some point and I think that's a key point there is a lot of new shooters enter into the shooting industry through Taurus and that was the cool opportunity that I was excited to take uh, just with my background and education and training and stuff like that I thought it was a key opportunity that you know, I can take personally to help educate more and more people and get them more into the shooting sports and show them the different opportunities that are there through our communication efforts at Taurus. All right.
0: Now moving from one company to the next, mm-hmm. um, you know, was there anything, I don't know how to phrase this question, but was there anything with Taurus that once you were on working with Taurus, a member of the Taurus family, is there anything you learned that, of course, you could, you could tell us that surprised you about Taurus that you maybe you didn't realize before? But being in the fold, you were like, wow, okay, this is cool.
1: Yeah, the key point on that one was everything being in-house from a manufacturing standpoint. I mean, we go back to coatings and barrel making and MIM tool, like everything. Uh, wow. There's not a lot of manufacturers out there that can do that. And that was the, the cool opportunity when I looked at it from a product development standpoint was like, all right, if we start thinking about products that shooters want in the beginning and getting the correct feature set and performance standards there in the beginning, we have the ability to make those really good guns at a really great cost because of the point that everything's in house, we're not sourcing. Uh, much anything so Uh that was the cool thing i I didn't realize once i got over to taurus and it it really does show in the in the quality of the products that they have and the the amount that they're able to produce also
0: and there's a reason i asked that is because you know i've noticed it over the years i mean like you lifelong farm owners i mean i i've got i own taurus from the 80s i mean i can remember Mm -hmm. them back then right and the quality is definitely improved i think over the years from the stuff back in the eighties and, and certainly through the nineties and late nineties, uh, that yeah. I've seen. And Taurus is becoming more and more innovative. Um, also another thing is you've got Taurus Rossi heritage. So that's mm-hmm. all under the Taurus holdings umbrella, basically. Right. Yes, it is. So
1: yeah, so I'll, I'm the marketing director for all three brands. Uh, right now so that was a that was a cool opportunity if anybody knows my background and everything it was in agriculture you know my bachelor's and master's i was an ag teacher um, for a while my family we still raise cattle and, and do all that so it was always like this part of me that no one at walter really knew or understood and uh so when i looked at like the the heritage and rossi brand i was like oh man i was super excited to get back into that culture um right. and those type of people so that was a key point when we were looking at the brands, I saw a lot of potential like Taurus is this monster, right? It's already there and established and has a lot heritage. There's, there's a lot there that, you know, I think that uh, can grow quite a bit with both heritage and Rossi. So Mm -hmm. that was an exciting opportunity for me. And and, and like I said, diving back into that culture, like, especially like the Western scene and, and um, really kind of growing those into those, into those, into those segments. Right.
0: Now, as far as the manufacturing process between the the Taurus, the Heritage and the Rossi, do they have their own manufacturing Mm -hmm. facility or is it all kind of in one spot? How does that how does that work without giving away trade secrets, of course?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got a few a few different manufacturing facilities down in Brazil and, you know, we're manufacturing in Bainbridge, Georgia, too. So right now, all the Heritage, uh, all the Heritage pistols, revolvers are all manufactured there in Bainbridge. So they're all 100 Mm percent U.S. made the coatings, nice. the barrel making, all that stuff. So that's a, that's a key concept for the Heritage brand. Rossi, uh, all that's going to come from one of our plants uh, down in Brazil also. But there's a lot of times, yeah, I mean, product development is going to be shared across the, the two. And, and, you know, we're all trying to to achieve the same goals. I think the brands have completely different avenues and where they sit in the market. So um, it's a it's a cool issue to have. You know, it's a lot, of, a lot of work trying to keep your mind separated between the three and letting really letting each brand be themselves, you know, and I think that's something that was lacked on the heritage and Rossi side for a long time was, was really just being tied to Taurus as part of Taurus and not letting those brands really flourish and, and kind of have their own legs, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Now I know that um, I I know that the industry lately revolvers have been a crazy thing. People are like, Hey, we just can't, no matter what the manufacturer is, like we cannot keep up with the demand on revolvers. Um, as far as the heritage side of things. And then of course, Taurus makes a ton of different models. Uh, what are you guys seeing as far as the demand on revolvers? Is it, does it, is it killing you guys too?
1: Yeah, it's the same. It, it's tough to, tough to call here because I think you're, you're coming off a couple of years of the absolute high points. I mean, cause if you ask anybody right. last year, year before, like, you can't keep up with polymer frame pistols, you know? So, and you know, when the revolvers are a little tougher to make than a polymer frame gun.
0: Sure. Take a little more time, a little more material. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when you look at it from a manufacturer standpoint, with the polymer frame guns and the profitability and what we can do to get those out there, that was the highest demand through that whole COVID, um, kind of couple of years that we all try to forget, (laughs) you know, but, um, and that was the focus for most manufacturers. And so they're dedicating a ton of their time into just trying to fill the demand on those. And, you know, when you do that, things are going to fall off a little bit. A lot of times your traditional action style uh, guns are going to do that. Lever actions are hot right now too. If you look at it, there's tons of demand for those um, all the revolver series. Yeah. Same thing, but, you know, like I said, it, it's tough to call, really. I don't know if there's a crazy increased amount in revolvers. I think it's just a little bit of a shortage from the last few years of not being able to fill that, that demand. Um, but I, I do think you're, you're seeing quite a bit of new shooters that are have bought polymer frame guns that really are just kind of looking for something else to get into and try and revolvers and lever guns and those, those type of uh, traditional style guns are out there that they're loved. And you're seeing right. people like modernize those traditional looking guns. Like, you, you know, you look at the new executive grade that we launched at an uh, NRA show. If you look at like what Ranger Point Precision is doing with a lot of the, you know, oh, yeah. the Rossi lever guns, and you know, they're putting yep. M-lock rails and adjustable stock, like all kinds of, and they look awesome. You know, it's not not cheaply done. They're very expensive, right. you know, and machine right. So it's cool to watch that, that segment of the
0: market just grow and grow. Right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, probably the executive and, and some other stuff. Keep those mm-hmm. questions coming out there, by the way. Our time may be short with Cody, but I'll try to get them in here in just a second. Uh, before we start talking about in the product line, I mean, the, the catalog is so vast across the three brands. But if you had to pick your favorite firearm from any of the three, what's Cody's favorite? I'm just curious. Man. So right
1: now, and it's tough, because, you know, I'm, I'm a shooter, and I put a lot of rounds downrange mm-hmm. um, and try to, and that was a tough thing coming over from shot to of Waldorf for 10 years, and, you know, I had to really get behind a lot of the tourists and, and figure out kind of what they could do out on the range, <laughs> and I have a set, right. of, you know, and I, and I do. I, I try to be very, I'm a little bit of a utilitarian when it comes to, like, defense pistols and stuff. Like, I have a set of standards that I go out, and if I can pass those standards with this gun, like. I think it's a perfectly fine gun and they're a very strict set of standards. Right. And you know, I went out and there was something to this, is like me walking up, I walk into a store and there was a Taurus G three optic ready system on the counter for like three hundred dollars. I, like, I didn't even you know, wait to be hired and get an employee price. Or you know, I was like, All right, that's cool. So I just bought it and took right. it home and been putting quite a few rounds through it and then uh you know, I started at Taurus in the first week. They're like, all right, we've got to launch this G3 Tactical. And I was like, all right, it's optics ready, threaded barrel, ready for a copper can, all done up. So that's really been my favorite gun so far. Um, it, I, it's really a toss-up between that and the GX4. Um, mm-hmm. Both of those, I, you know, at Wolves, well, I never had the micro-compact stuff rolling. And so to have that capacity on such a small platform, especially when we get out in you know, the heat right now, you know, I'm usually in shorts and a t-shirt, so I'm um, right. trying not to sweat to death. And so, it really is nice having something that has the ammo capacity, and you know, you're able to conceal pretty deeply. And right. uh, so, but purely shooting, it's it's been the G3 series. Um, I've probably got about ten thousand rounds through them so far. Um, just trying to make sure that it's something that's
0: kind of up to my standards. So. Right. Now, as far as the G3 and the G4, for those that, that may not be familiar and may be wondering, what's the major differences between those two platforms?
1: Yeah, so the, the G3 series is whole family, and it's going to be your full-size guns, full-size and subcompacts. Um, so, you know, think of 15, 17-round capacities, 13-round uh, capacity on the G3Cs, um, a, a wide array, you know, of different lengths of slides and frames on that. The GX4 series is a micro-compact series, a so very, very small, like, inch-wide. Uh, think of, you know, competitors like 365 and Hellcat and stuff like that. It's going to fit in that category. Um, but the coolest thing is, is, like, when you look at it, I mean, the capacity on it with a flush mag is 11 plus 1. Um, so you're already kind of ahead of the competition on that style. A great optics mounting system, um, plenty of thread engagement on those optics. Uh, and really just a, an overall great package. Um, so that, that's why I say it's kind of a toss up between me because I, I am, and this is something that I've been exploring on, on the Taurus side is there is not one gun that really does everything great. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's some guns that do a bunch of things good. You know, right. let's take the 15 round four inch barrel full size guns, right? Like to me, that's the most versatile platform out there because, you know, you can conceal carry it pretty good with the right holster. You can shoot competition with it, uh, home defense, all that stuff. It does it all good, but we know like it's a little tougher to conceal carry, right? It, it, you can, but usually at the right clothes and gear and stuff like that. And so uh, looking at it from like a price standpoint, I'm like, all right, so with Taurus, like I can go buy the Taurus G3 full size. I can go buy a GX4 micro compact and I can buy me an ultra light bobbed hammer, you know, 856 revolver. Uh-huh. Um, I buy all those street price at around a little over a thousand bucks, you know, and kind of looking at the industry and like where I've gone, like I, it was killer for me. Like people would come up as new shooters and ask me, like, "Hey, what should I buy?" And you're to the point in your shooting career, like, Oh, you should buy this gun. that's eight hundred dollars or nine hundred dollars." For the majority of Americans out there, that is a huge uh, hit to their check, you know. And, um, that was something I had to really reel back and realize as a shooter and somebody that was trying to like push our industry a little bit and getting more people involved in shooting is it doesn't take that, you know, like I said, I can buy this $300 E3 and go hit a strict set of standards that not many people can do. Um, and it, it's right for your budget, you know, and mm-hmm. like I said, now we can own guns and spread them out that are do a specific job, really great. you know Like a bob hammer revolver my god you can hide those things in anything you know if you're wearing swim shorts you can hide that thing right so, you know they do uh, specific tasks really good you can get those specific tasks like mission specific style guns across a wide array and still be in your budget so there was something to that and i'm still like diving into that and i think you can hear me talking about kind of nerd out over this stuff so <laughs> excuse me on that one but I really do think there's something to that for our industry and for people getting into shooting.
0: Yeah, no, I am I would, I would agree. Let's, uh, let's knock out a few questions, keep them coming, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to knock out a couple just in case. Uh, Cody has to bail here in a second. Um, so Calaveras out there uh, in California says, so are they looking to get a 44 mag revolver added to the California roster? And I know you may not be able yeah. to speak to that stuff directly, but is Taurus active and trying to get on rosters with these? We states are. That have
1: them? Yeah, we are. And the revolvers tend to be a little easier. Um, so we, had, we do have a compliance department that is literally like, you know, it's like a fight, compli- you know, trying to get that stuff on there. And there's lots of little hoops to jump through and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, we do have quite a few, you know, SMUs and stuff. It really depends on the distributor and dealer there. The revolvers, like I said, are a little easier to get in. Um, so not so difficult like the semi auto pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely, like, we'll, we'll continue to kind of push things into that California sea because it's, it's wild. You know, there's a, there's a lot of gun owners there, but people kind of take that for granted a lot of times of how many guns are sold in California. Um, yeah. So we are not
0: overlooking that at all. Right. Um, and it's a process, too. It just takes so long, mm-hmm. right? To, to it, it does, kind of it's, it's a pain. Uh, screwed out there uh, and uh, knew this was coming. Everybody we talked to just oh, always oh, pops up. He says, any plans yeah. for a 10 millimeter in the Taurus lineup? Um, yeah. yeah, as far as caliber jumping, uh, mm-hmm. how open does it seem like Taurus is to to that sort of thing? I
1: think very. Um, and, and that's a key thing. When you look at the growth of the brand, mm-hmm. we're very heavily involved in looking at different caliber choices that can fill out lines a lot better. You look at you know we just launched a 327 federal revolver, uh, which that's kind of a new hot caliber amongst the defensive revolver carriers and stuff. So yeah, I mean, we've always wanted one. We're all hunters too, so we're always right. out out with. So right. I, I think you can guarantee that a lot of us are uh trying to get the 10 millimeter push as quick as possible.
0: You know, with 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 44 and with with 357, and of course in the in the uh the raging hunter, you guys have the. Mm-hmm uh the four hundred and sixty and and just a lot a lot of different you know big bore options but i was able to get my hands on and, and play around with a ruger i think it, it it was one of their revolver rolls i can't remember one of their mm-hmm. double action uh in 10 millimeter and of course you could shoot 10 or 40 uh yep. and i'm not a fan of 40 but you could do that and So when that question come up, I'm thinking, man, they need like a raging hunter in 10 millimeter. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And I think that's, that's some of the cool options we got there is like, when you look at their firearms and they're made from the beginning, they're made to scale, right. And and scale easily. And you look at the raging hunter is awesome, right? I mean, it goes from 357, 38 special all the way up to 460. Uh, Right. It's a big, big jump on one platform. Yeah, like not a lot of platforms can handle that type of variance and pressures. Uh, So it's cool to see. Uh, I'm I'm still waiting on my 460 to deliver because we're that far back ordered on them. So,
0: yeah, I think I shot that one last year. Uh, a little bit, uh, and then I got uh, a few months ago the three fifty seven version of the Raging Hunter, and hmm, of course nice. at at range days typically they have thirty eight special. They don't have three fifty seven. Yeah, version. yeah. Like and puffers, it was like man. shooting. A, you talk about how how bulky, how heavy, how solid the platform is on this Raging Hunter. It was like shooting the thirty eight special was literally like shooting a twenty two. I mean, it it's was, there was nothing yeah. to it, you know, but you got that big smack because it's still a, yeah. uh, a you know, 38. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Now Calaveras is out. So I'm going to reword this question a little bit. He says for the Clover Tech Crease and what Taurus revolver uh, should ghost get talking about ghost tactical. So for yeah, the people, know. For the people, because you obviously coming from Walter and playing around mm-hmm. with a poly tactical style stuff, and then now your horizons are broadened. And then growing up, I know you, you played with a lot of different things. But yeah. so somebody that's poly gun, AR, tactical focused, what revolver line in Taurus would you say that person would probably want to look at?
1: I, I would definitely say the uh, the eight fifty six line. It can really, it depends on what caliber. I think 856 or 605, very similar in frame. You got a 357 Magno, more a 38 Special. Um, I like the 856 because you do get a six shot out of that. So a little bit of more ammo capacity. But you really get to, it's so modular when you look at like how many uh, different barrel lengths and grip options there are there. So like I've been carrying the um, the 605 with a three inch barrel because it conceals really well. I'll run it on the Endigma holster. But I think that series whether you want to go ultra light or standard or whatever. I think from like a, like a tactical perspective, when you look at what that gun can give you, especially like I have problems like heavy, like heavy coat season. Mm-hmm. if you carry on the waistband and you've got like layers on like a hoodie and then a jacket on uh, like, I wear a lot of times like a hoodie with a wax cotton jacket on top of that. It is hard to get to your gun at that point. And so I actually ended up liking the pocket carry on, on my jacket for those and the revolver excels on that side of it. And then, two, like I said, getting into, like, that very hot weather, like, deep concealment. Um, I said people were laughing at me the other day because, like, I had swim shorts on and a T-shirt, and I was able to conceal that with an Enigma holster and a revolver. It's just – it hides so well. So, I right. think that 856 series is definitely, like, your best bet. And, like I said, pick out whatever – Length, barrel, and weight, and you know, style of hammer that you want because it's all basically interchangeable of what what you like there. But right. um, that, to me, is the most versatile setup.
0: I would say for somebody like that, I mean, maybe maybe look into the the Raging Hunter. And the reason I say that is the Raging Hunter is available in that flat black style finish, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing flashy. Um And then you've got the rails on the raging yep. hunter as well so most of the people that are into the tactical type stuff they like rails to attach yeah. things so
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um and you know that could be that could be something then they could put run an optic or a dot or a whatever yeah. and a flashlight and you know all of their normal stuff on a revolver um and that and, might uh, be uh make a good one. I, yeah. I
1: keep in mind too like for a packable truck like like a truck gun or even any type of tactical scenario when you look at the compactness of a revolver that it brings and you look at the 460 caliber for existence, like cranking out 2,100 foot pounds of energy. It's not a bad option when you could throw a friggin' aim point dot or some, you know, a red dot or any type of scout scope too. Like that's a very small package. You know, that's, that's giving you a lot of energy at a much smaller package than an AR does, you know? Right. And two, you know, when you look at your concealed carry licenses and stuff like that from state to state, the revolver is still a handgun at that point. When you look at, getting into a lot of your ARs, your sixteen inch, fourteen five, stuff like that. That's still a rifle and concealing that can be a little iffy in some states. So uh, right it does give you a lot of versatility. And like I said, my four sixty fits in my glove box and I can pull it out and we were shooting those things 150, 200 yards. You know, right? That's a yeah that's quite a feat for a, a small yeah. gun like that. No, I, I agree it is. I awesome. say small, you know, it's still like a you know eight inch barrel or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you know, I don't think you're gonna IWB carry it, but I mean, you know backpack you know glove box those
0: type of things nice right uh warsaw out there talking about uh taurus. now taurus does build stuff and, and sells all kinds of stuff all across the mm-hmm. globe he says I wonder if tar- taurus makes any ars in brazil i mean what he says um yeah are, are you aware of how many models taurus makes that aren't available in the u.s is there a lot
1: yeah there's there's a lot. Uh, So, I mean, most of your military and police supply down in Brazil is going to run Taurus. So they've got sub guns and ARs and all kinds of stuff. Actually, this AR up here on the wall is a Taurus lower, um, that I built out. So it's, it's pretty cool to actually have that, you know, from, they used to import some of the, the ARs into the United States uh, about three or four years ago. It's called the T4SA. You can, Mm -hmm. they pop up on gun broker every now and then, you know, so they're, and they're pretty, they're really nice. Probably the barrels are, Uh, phenomenal on them and free-floated and you know I just think they came in at a a little high price point at that time because it was such a good quality gun you know nobody expected that at Taurus at the time so I think it caught everybody a little bit off guard Um, but yeah they're kind of desirable now and you still see some of the little sub guns and stuff like that pop up um, on Gun Broker but yeah if you if you visit the Taurus Brazil website there's all kinds of fun toys on there which you know me like i'm definitely drooling over most of those i'm i want them <laughs> right
0: oh yeah uh x adam out there uh he says why doesn't Taurus, why doesn't Taurus make their own kel tel- style firearms like a folding pistol caliber carbine or 24 shot side by side dual barrel 22 pistol are there some do you know of any crazy designs like uh like he's talking about that you may not can talk about but are there crazy designs like that that's Taurus has got on the drawing board, so to speak?
1: No, it's a it's a weird thing because you gotta look at a lot of the Celtic stuff too. It's like that's their business, right? You know, and uh-huh. from a number standpoint too. There's a there's a lot of those that you just can't make enough of, you know, because they're right. so complex in a lot of situations. But well, I think you they got do a good job. You've got, of doing mass those. Of,
0: you've got mass appeals. which you talked about earlier yeah. uh when you came on about, you know, how Taurus is trying to kind of appeal to everybody. Um mm-hmm. And so when you start specializing with cool things that flip and fold and all of that, you start losing market share. You that do. It's,
1: and it's tough. And I think you look at Taurus's past and, and what they've done from an innovation standpoint and look at it from a pure, like, shooter's aspect of what, you know, like, citizens are in need of, you know, and asking for to, like, make people, like, better shooters, more efficient shooters, stuff like that. A lot of stuff gets real gimmicky. I mean, let's, It's like a Taurus curve, right? I mean, we we all got that in the the past. Like, right idea, I think. Like, you're trying to think of problems that arise in concealed carry and stuff like that. But I think there's better ways to execute it down the line. So we want to make sure that we're very in tune with, like, the the shooters in the community uh, and people that are actually getting out there and using this stuff quite a bit because we want to make those features available at $300 where you can afford you know, so I find it absurd if you want like a high performance pistol, like you go out and people drop three K on it, and then they get out on the range and still can't shoot. You know, right. I'm like, I could find that way more embarrassing than rolling up on the range with a three hundred dollar pistol, because at least with a three hundred dollar rock, I can freaking outshoot you. You know, <laughs> like, right? Um, so there, there's something to that, and that's that's really what we want to push for. But I think when you talk about getting to his question here of like the crazy kind of folding and, and stuff like that. I think at times you do need those things to kind of draw attention back to your brand. Well, Torres really tried the curve,
0: Remember, you know, the curve, yeah. I don't know if that's still it's in the catalog fun. or not, but I mean, they did try no. that at one time.
1: No, it's not. But you, you see other brands that try that stuff and you talk to them and like, they know that they're not going to be able to make, they're going to make a small amount of those. They're going to keep them out. It is really just like something else cool to have and bring attention into the brand. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to grow your actual business based on those things. Um, and that's where we're at right now is trying to really like stabilize and be a lot more consistent on our inline SKUs and our manufacturing processes. So that way we get to a point where we can really get those things out there and start playing around a little bit with our engineering team. Cause I think we do have a phenomenal
0: engineering team. Right. Um, Adam out there, uh, he says, uh, two questions. Uh, will there be a 30 yeah. super carry? uh is that something that taurus has looked at is the 30 the new 30 super carry
1: yeah it's something I, I think i looked at when i was at the past job and this job too uh like uh federal was a little late getting to a lot of manufacturers with with that caliber choice it takes a while to get that product development going on a, you know it's mm-hmm. especially a new caliber it's yeah a lot of engineering new magazines all that stuff and uh lots of lots of engineering and testing so you know, it's something we're definitely looking at. It seems like it's catching on pretty well. I, I'm curious about it, honestly. You know, I like capacity. I, I like capacity it. Have you sh- have you right shot now? it? I have. Yeah. So I, think I like it. It's it's hard. Like I'm not, you know, good grip in the stands, and you shoot everything pretty well. So I think the the, the 30 yeah. Super Carry being able to add some extra rounds and still getting the the energy and the the performance that you need is, is a benefit. I, I see no downside to that. So yeah, um, yeah, it is something we're watching pretty closely though, but. Uh, well, yeah, I think we can be a little, little quicker on that stuff.
0: I've, I've said it with ever since it came out. I'm like, you know, it, it, I hate to say it, but if Glock doesn't build something in 30 Super Carry, 30 Super Carry doesn't stick around very long. I don't think, and it's, it'll be, it'll be it's sad to say that, um, but you need more than just yeah. Smith and Weston. You need more. I mean, you need you're yeah. going to need, and more. that was. And honestly I think I'm, I think a bunch of people
1: would have jumped on board but like I said I think the the launch of that like I said we were finding out pretty pretty early, early. Right. or had already launched by the time we found out about it so um, you can't make a gun that quick so right um, right hopefully I, like I said I do lo- I do love the concept I hope I hope it does uh, stick around because I want to see people pushing the boundaries on how many rounds can fit in a gun because um, we don't need no mag capacity laws passing around here we need more <laughs> right so uh um, yeah no i want to make sure that we're, we're doing as an industry did like that 30 super carries a phenomenal round i think so
0: yeah um, hopefully it catches on for sure uh and he says uh, uh will the ts9 be available in the state yeah, soon that, anytime you bring up taurus that ts9 always always I, pops I'm, up i'm so. glad
1: to hear that that's the the stuff i want to know and, and hear is like it, I mean, do I hear people it all think the time. that's an, a better system? You know, a better system than the G3 or the GX4 or something like that. I think it's a curious platform that I'm interested in checking out. So, yeah, um, that's something we are watching closely. You know, do you know if there's, there's a, a reason?
0: Do you know if there's a reason they don't bring currently bring it in?
1: Well, you got to look at like the product array. It's like as you introduce more okay. full size, smaller, Frank pistols, you end up cannibalizing gotcha. yourself you know True. it's like yeah. all right it's like do you want to give up the, like i said the g3 platform that gives you a right. lot you know at the cost point you got a gx4 yeah. micro compact you got the th series the hammer fired series you got there's only so much you really fit into one project right in the same category before you start in, eating into your own numbers so that's right. something that we we kind to watch pretty pretty clearly i want to make sure when we launch a gun it's just not like hi guys here's a <laughs> Another calling a friend gun. You need to go buy, right? Like, yeah. it, right. hopefully, it fills a, a niche in the market, and you know, and people can kind of participate in the brand. And but we all like something different, right? And uh, so, we want to make sure we have a wide variety of that stuff.
0: Well, and if they're built outside of the U.S., you've got importation issues. So that's kind of yeah. where I was going with that. Was yep. I didn't know maybe there was some type of a design issue with it that restricts the importation yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, no,
1: I mean, it's it's a weird point system. It? It's my god, if you knew half of it, it's hilarious, you know. But no, it, it shouldn't be a problem on that side. But I think we do want to definitely take a, a close eye on this,
0: right? So I know you've got to get we're right at about a half hour, we're gonna get one more in here. Yeah, uh, if it. you can. He says, Is TARS considering a modular system for future guns? And this was a good opportunity to bring up Toro, which you guys are mm-hmm. doing already. Um, yeah. Are y'all looking for more of the modular style like you brought in with the Toro moving forward? Yeah, it,
1: it, it's a funny it's a funny word, right? It's modular, but assembly line manufacturing <laughs> is very similar to that, right? You know, right? it's like yeah. this part yeah. fits in, in um, all your all your guns. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something when you look at the GX-4, it's a chassis gun. You know, the, the grip module is not serialized. It's a, it's a stainless steel chassis on the inside that's serialized. That technically is modular. You know, it's just we don't sell a bunch of grip modules if you can change out on it right now. So right. Um, I say it's always something we're looking at. It does help ease manufacturing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of those things. I think it's a key marketing term right now when you talk about modularity. Um, it's, it's literally the AR craze, right? When you look at, well, I can just buy this upper, right? And I can swap uppers on my lower. And then you look and you're like, all right, well, a lower is another like 300 bucks. So I'm trying right. to buy a lower and, you know, then I have a whole right. new gun. <laughs> so I think you fall into that a little bit. But yeah, the modularity side of it, it is it is a nice feature, I think. Um, I don't get too caught up into it. But yeah, we're. I mean, most of our guns are already being modular. I've already been playing around with slides on different frames and and doing that bit. So it's just the easy availability of all that, which we sell as parts on the online store, but it's not like at the dealer, you can go up, walk up and buy a grip module, you know, or something right. like that. So,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, Cody, I know you got to get, so we're going to let you get, and uh, thanks for, thanks for coming on spending a little bit of time. Yeah, with no us. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully have you back in the near, in the near future. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah and, talk some sure. more. So, uh, yeah, blame me if sure you show up to your meeting late. Just blame me. Uh, and, I, I'm going it's, to, it's actually. All
1: good. <laughs> so, and East Texas boys, man. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I'm perfectly okay It's what I tell my wife all the time when something comes up. I'm just, hey, just blame me. I'm I'm good. I'm good. At least I can offer you that. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, be, right? be good. And uh, thanks for Appreciate the uh, – seriously, thanks for the chat. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you around.
1: Yeah, no problem. We'll be back on soon. Go. Okay? Thanks. Bye.
0: And so, there it is. There was uh, Cody with uh, Taurus. I almost said Cody with Walter because I'm so used to saying that. Uh, We've got quite a few uh, comments and things I do want to address before we close out the podcast today. So, we're still going, still going strong. Uh, Remember, if you're live, I know the uh, live count fluctuates, but if you are live, do you own any Taurus firearms? uh, Is the poll out there. And if you are in replay audio, video, wherever. Remember, if you catch us live, you can always comment, ask questions, vote in the polls, do all of that kind of stuff. Uh, We've got uh, 49% right now, yes. 27% yes, multiple. 22% no, maybe one day. 2% no, never. I don't understand the people that say never. Um, Because I would be willing to bet if Taurus came out with something really cool, they would probably buy a Taurus, right? You got to think, you got to think. Um, so yeah, let's go through. I've been starring some of these, um, uh, comments. So let's go through them. Adam out there, he says, almost bought, uh, the PT 1911 says, generally speaking, I just don't like their style of firearms. Uh, kind of have a fan of the Springfield, not a fan of the Springfield poly guns, just not my style. And I totally, totally get that, uh, Adam. Uh, I'm sort of the same way with the Taurus, um, you know, line. I do like the, the PT-1911. I do like the PT-92s. Uh, and I like the revolvers. But when you get into the just the, the G2, G3, G4, and even the previous versions of the Millenniums, the twenty four sevens, the other stuff that we've seen, the curves, the spectrums, the other things from Taurus, uh, just not a fan. It's personal preference. And I think that's one of the reasons that we see such a diverse line from Taurus. I think that's why they do those pt-1911s and why they do those pt-92s uh we've got um joe out there um he says uh hmm, charge firearms he said i've never had a bad one uh and had over a dozen since uh 2004 he said a 1004 hopefully he's not that old he meant 2004 and i'm the same way uh, i've been lucky have never had any Issues to speak of. Uh, Joe goes on, she says, I love my G series, but I had a model 94 nine shot 22, uh, an 85, an uh, 82B4, PT25, a PT94AF, and an 856, and a Rossi, Rossi five shot, uh, and several others. So, yeah, Joe out there definitely feels in that category. OG Tank in the house said he's had uh, an EDC, the G2C the G3, and now the G3C Toro. Uh, I think it's a great budget option. Uh, I think all of those. I think the the G2 came out of, um, the best I can tell anyway, came out of that uh, PT-111 Millennium line, which I'm not a fan of, but they did improve, fix some things. That's kind of where the G2, I think, came from. Um, so uh, if I was going to go, I would probably go G3. Uh, or maybe even G4, but probably G3, quite honestly. um I, li- I tend to like that G3 a little more, I think, than the than the G4. One we did not talk about, and uh, we'll bring it up here in a comment in a second, is that TX-22. Of course, you know, sometimes you get pokes on, and they've got other meetings and things. Ozzy out there, bark. He said, I wish I could get a heritage. Stupid Illinois law. Um Yeah, I don't understand that. How does that make any sense, right? That you can't have a six shot 22 single action revolver? It's like, really? I mean, really? Um, like a a pointy stick is more dangerous, not really, but you get where I'm going with that. It's really silly. That's the oldest design, the most gimped, anemic cartridge in a way. And some would argue 25 ACP is more anemic than the 22 long rifle. I would probably agree with that, by the way. Um, but yeah, silly defense daddy says, I've had a G2C, G3C, uh, and the TX22. Uh, only got the, uh, still only got the 22. Thinking about getting another G23 and on- honestly liked it better than the G3C. So um, yeah, grip design and all that is a little bit different. Uh, that's, I think that's why I like the G3 over the G4. And we all have our, our styles, right? Warsaw out there, he says, hey, Clover to hone in rs firearms. Yes. Said my Taurus stainless PT-92 Beretta clone, my friend, now owns uh, the Taurus G3C. Yeah, I got to love the uh, PT-92 series for sure. And uh, Jack Barnes out there, he said, uh, I've been looking for a 605. They're almost impossible to find here in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, may have come in a little bit late there, Jack, but that's what I was talking about with uh, uh, Cody a few minutes ago. Uh, I guess when we kind of first kicked it off was, I'm hearing through all the manufacturer channels, all of them, That just keeping up with demand for revolvers right now is crazy, Um, and Cody alluded to probably a piece of the puzzle is that they sold so many it takes longer to produce. It's a more involved process to produce revolvers and things like that. So, um, yeah, keeping up with a you know any type of a significant increase is going to be crazy. And I honestly think that people go out and they are going to buy that self protection firearm maybe. Uh, and then they get into, you know, shooting, they get into the enjoyment of it all. Uh, and then they want a revolver, right? They're like, well, how this is, you know, this is really cool. Uh, revolvers look totally different. They work totally different. Um, revolvers, there are calibers available in a revolver. Uh, that you, know, you can't really get in semi-auto to speak of. Um, you've got uh, caliber swapping going on, 38 with uh, 357, for example, and uh, uh, man, 44 Special and 44 Mag is is a stretch because oftentimes it's more expensive uh, and harder to find. But with the 460, for example, the 460 and S&W in that Raging Hunter, you can shoot uh, 454 as well as as 45 Colt. Uh, in that and maybe even a couple of other calibers, but I know those, uh, for sure. So that offers you three different caliber choices in that revolver. So it is, um, it's, it's, yeah, there is a, there is a perk to it, of course. So, um, let me scroll up here and we will, uh, read some other things. X item one out there addressing this to me. says, what would you like to see from Taurus? Me? you know i don't know i i think i think a 10 millimeter and seriously and a tracker or a raising hunter i would take it either way i tend to like the tracker and if you haven't watched jump over on the youtube channel i've got uh i had asked uh what about a week ago two weeks ago now something like that i had asked ask all you folks out there to comment what your favorite uh taurus model was uh and then i took the more popular of all of those submissions and then i ranked them according to what i thought uh and uh tracker i'm pretty sure tracker topped the list you'll have to go check but uh tracker just has that sleeker design uh to me um i'm not a big fan necessarily of all the rails and the and the flashiness and tracker, the tracker line also has a wider variety of uh, calibers. Because with a tracker, you can go from 22, uh, actually you can go from 17 HMR all the way up to 44 Magnum. I don't know if they currently produce those or not, but they have historically, right? Uh, whereas your Raging Hunter revolvers are more the big bore stuff, larger caliber, and then the um, the carry stuff. Right. The 905s, the the 85 series, the things like that are typically 357 and and 30 and or 38 special, mostly 357 nowadays. So uh, some 327 federal thrown in there as well. But, uh, yeah, I really like that idea because the Ruger I looked at that I shot that day was really cool. And sometimes you can find bulk. I don't like a 40. You guys know that uh i'm a 10 millimeter all the way i don't see any need for it but here is where 40 could get interesting um is when you run across a stockpile of it somewhere uh and it's not popular anymore and somebody's looking to get rid of it and you've got a revolver that will shoot it uh that's 10 millimeter you normally shoot 10 millimeter but you're like you know why not be like shooting 38 specials and and it would be fun so it'd be um get some cheap ammo to or some better priced ammo at least to get out on the range with so i like it um mc out there there was a lot of conversation about my uh my comment with glock uh, calavera says he says uh, that's true i think clover's saying that new calibers struggle without glock because of their numbers of Glock sold yeah glock just holds that um the Glock factor, yeah, MC out there saying it says agreed. Strange, the Glock factor only works one way, uh, and that's true because they come out with their 45 gap and it did not work. But um, you know, if it wasn't for Glock, the 40 Smith and Wesson would have never been a thing. Um, and go read Rise of Americans, my uh, Rise of Americans Gun. Go buy that book, Glock Rise of Americans Gun, and that tells a lot of that story and a lot of other cool stories with Glock. You don't realize. Uh, the depth of Glock and the uh, impacts, not only on the industry but the community as well with Glock. It's interesting, but you know, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I mean, if, if you're you're touting that as a carry round, uh, Glock has always been and it looks to always be a major player in the game, and until they can do it, who knows, right? Uh, but i do like the 30 coupe super carry i did love it now am i ready to go out i mean the availability is not there there's not enough models in that so forth and so on so i'm not uh, by any means uh, saying that i want to go out and jump straight over to it right now but i'm not opposed to the 30 super carry Uh, i've shot it multiple times at this point and it was fine uh but you know me i mean i carry a 380 and i'm a big fan of the 380 so 30 super carry is a little bit more than what the 380 would be Calavera says uh never he says only the sith use absolutes yep only the sith deal in absolutes thank you for that uh for that so uh, what else do we got Calavera says the 48 is strong with this one. Yes, it is. If you've been a 10 millimeter fan, as long as I have. Uh, see, a lot of people don't realize how long 10 millimeters been around. They think 10 millimeter. Um, it's gotten a. Renaissance, a renewal, a resurgence in popularity, but it's been around for decades. Uh, and long before the 40, I get comments pretty regular on 10 millimeter videos that they they do not understand that the 10 millimeter came out long before the 40. So, uh, and they're like, Oh really? And I'm like, yeah, just Google it. I mean, it's not that hard to find out or figure out. Right. And it completely changes their perspective. Then they see where I'm coming from. When I say never 40, I don't like 40. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and some people it's weird because, um, you know, it was a progression that went up like 38 Special was first, and then they went to the, the seven Magnum, right? Um, and you had a progression 38 SW, you had 38 SW long, you had several progressions that worked their way up, but with 10 millimeter, you went backwards, and that's just silly. Uh, I'm a big fan of 38 Special, big fan of 357, mainly because of the interchangeability in revolvers, but uh, in 357 revolvers, but um. Yeah, when you go backwards like that and you're talking about a semi-auto cartridge, yeah. So what else do we have? MC out here says he's got three trackers, and I'm a little jealous here. Uh, He says he has uh, three trackers, 17 HMR, 22, 357, all 6-inch. Very nice. Uh, Rails for optics. Uh, Have a slick mount if you want it. said he'd buy the 10 millimeter if they made it in a tracker yeah i hear you i've got two trackers i think the 17 hmr and a 44 um and that 44 eats you up i've got to get some some different grips for that 44 um it's the type of grip that's on it i don't like it um i wished i had the 22 long um now my 44 is a 4-inch. My 17 HMR is a 6-inch, and I wished I had a 6-inch and 22 long. Thankfully, I've got a 6-inch Smith & Wesson 617. And so uh, I sleep a little better at night not having the 22 tracker because I do have the 617, which I contend is the best 22 revolver ever built. Um, and if you want to fight me on that, then, uh, yeah, you know where you know where to find me. I'm here all week, right? uh x adam one he says uh i only bought revolvers to give them a try and be fair i'm not a fan shame on you so he does own the 360j the 6868 deluxe and some heritage uh don't love them but he likes them um yeah the heritage you know we didn't talk a lot about heritage uh there with cody but and there's not really a lot to talk about i mean heritage um you know, they have their six shot, they have some nine shot, Do they still have some big bore stuff, I don't even know, one of the cool things, and again, video on the channel, if you want to check that out, is like the 16 inch, so it's really cool that they offer the, uh, the grip frame and the butt stock to turn your 16 inch Rough Rider into the Rancher carbine, now, um, you can often find the 16 inch because a 16 inch revolver is kind of goofy. It's kind of, kind of gimmicky, right? And so often you can find a pretty good deal on those somewhere. Whereas the, the boots, the little short barrel boots and the bar keeps and the things like that. And especially just the regular rough riders and the, whatever they are, five inch and six inch models. Um, those sometimes are a little more pricey than that 16 inch. They're certainly a 16 inch, uh, revolver is cheaper than the Rancher carbine. Um, and so by the time that you was buy one and then go to Heritage and get, and get those parts, right? Um, the only thing I wish they would do is they've got the I keep calling it the Space Cowboy and it's a tactical cowboy. Uh, but that's the uh, Rough Rider revolver with the uh, basically with the tactical rail and the threaded barrel, right? Um, and I don't like the threaded barrel necessarily for the uh, suppression possibilities. But I like it for potentially running a comp and it's put weight in the front barrel and, and that sort of thing. I think that could be cool and look cool more than anything with a, a comp on the end of a revolver like that. Um, but having the rail, uh, that's one thing I wish they would make. Um, is either make some type of a factory accessory uh, where you could put a rail on your heritage revolver. Uh, without a bunch of drilling and tapping and craziness, I mean, it's after all it's a 22, so some type of clamp mount system would probably work, um, or come out with a 16 inch uh, heritage revolver with a rail, so that if somebody wanted to put an optic, you know, convert to the Rancher and put an optic, that's my only complaint with that little Rancher carbine. It's like I I want a um, I want an optic on there. It would be much, much better with an optic. Uh, I hate single action, you know, rear frame, gutter sights, whatever you call them. I hate those. I am not good with those on a big front post. I'm just not. So, uh, what do we got here as we're going through? Says a defense dad says, the barkeep holds no interest for me. Uh, I don't want to have to use a stick to eject cartridges. <laughs> so, uh, that's cool. Uh, don't get into, uh, early, late 1800, early 1900 Americana revolvers then defense dad, because that's exactly what you had to do with those, uh, even in single action, double action. Uh, you know, if they didn't have a swing out cylinder, um, like the, uh, or top break, the top breaks would do it too. But, uh, a lot of Ivor Johnson's, a lot of, um, H uh, and R's, a lot of H and A's, a lot of old school 32 uh, revolvers. Back in the day, you had to use the uh, cylinder pin and knock them out. That same goes for the North American Arms uh, little mini revolvers. So I get you, I get you, uh, but uh, I disagree, and I'm allowed to do that. Uh, MC says for 44 mag, uh, it's got uh, two Smith and Wessons, very nice. Uh, the 629 and the 29. And if you're not familiar with Smith & Wesson's numberings, the 629 is the stainless version of the 29. Um, so Smith & Wesson, unlike Glock, there is a method to the Glock model madness. Um, like the Glock 22 is a 40, but the Glock 44 is a 22. And the Glock, yeah, makes a lot of sense, right? Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, for their bookkeeping and record keeping and development purposes, uh, it makes sense for them. That makes sense. But, uh, Smith and Wesson, they, their models are a little better at stuff. Um, what do we got? We got anything else out there? Uh, if you got any topics, questions, things you want uh, me to address before, um, I get, uh, I get out of here. We get out of here for this podcast because we're getting pretty close to time. No reason to go over tonight. There's Parrots. Uh, photography says, I like them. And I'm not sure what they're liking, but I'm guessing maybe a Taurus. I don't know. Uh, I'm going uh, so, uh, to end the poll. So if you haven't voted in the poll, I'm going to end it here in just a couple of minutes at the very most. So get over there and uh, vote. Do you own any Taurus firearms? We'll take a look at that before we get out of here. I don't know if I covered this one from Joe, uh, but he's got a comment. That says, no, I mean, 1994, my dad bought a Taurus Model 94. In about 1994, we put uh, over 250 rounds to it. Wow, that's a lot of rounds. He says, that gun fueled my love for the nine-shot revolvers. Wow, 250 rounds to anything uh, is a lot. It's a lot. I've shot... Um, well, more than that, as far as total rounds in my lifetime, I'm definitely in the in the seven figures at this point. Uh, but 250,000 through one firearm is a lot, so no doubt. And we're scrolling up here, just looking around. Uh, Chris from the 740. Uh, he says Taurus hit it out of the park with the TX22 competition. I don't, I don't like it, uh, and I'm allowed to not like it, but I don't like it. It's ugly as all sin. Um, as far as the precision aspect of it, it's not there. Um, as far as still challenge speed stuff, yeah, I get it. Um they did um let's see how well mags hold up over time. Um I don't know how many people are using them in still challenge competitions and other things currently, but we're gonna see how that holds up over time because with the way that twenty two's stacking a magazine, that's always bugged me about Magazines that hold more than ten rounds. There's a reason that's been the norm for so long, uh, and I get it. With technology and materials and a lot of other things, that can change. I mean, there can be innovation, true innovation that lasts, right? Not that's not just fleeting. Uh, and maybe that's it. Um, one of the things that I think they did right is the placement of the optics and all of that, uh, being more forward. Um, that lends itself. Uh, Kind of in the center of the, what am I thinking? The center of the sight radius, that kind of lends itself, uh, I think, more to, uh, more to being being used for speed. So, uh, so there is uh, Jay and Jay said I've been looking for an inside the waistband holster for his Tracker Six Twenty Seven. Um, mm. There's a lot of great companies out there. Uh, looking for leather, you looking for kydex, you know, what are you looking for? Um, should not be hard to find. So, uh now as far as trying to do it live right now, J and J, I don't know that I can, but hit me up and maybe we'll try to you know, I'll try to help you out with that. Um I can tell you this. I was looking for um a holster for no, I wasn't even looking for a holster for so Alien Gear reached out to me and they said, Hey, want to do some work on some stuff and i'm like sure i'm an alien gear fan Uh, i'm okay with their with their holsters for sure um and they were like "Well, what do you think about a chest rig and i'm like okay cool uh and they had no problem the Taurus protector poly that i have um like well if i'm gonna get a chest rig let's get one for a firearm that i'm gonna use more often right and so um they had to custom shop that. So one of the cool things about alien gear uh, and a lot of smaller companies are that way too, as far as being able to, to custom stuff. So there was no price increase or anything. It's what they told me with alien gear. Of course they were working with me. I didn't have to pay for it anyway, but, um, but I did ask cause I was curious and they're like, yeah, there's no price increase. There's just a delay in the delivery time because we've got to custom make it right. So. Sorry, getting parched there at the end of the podcast. So, I'm going to end the poll. And while um, YouTube is tallying the uh, poll results, we'll go through here and see what else we got. There's the Jesus, the constitutional Jesus in the house. How are you, buddy? He says, uh, afternoon. So, afternoon. We got uh, Joe. He says, I like how the 22 semi autos hold more than 10 now. I've always. Uh, thought band States drove mag tech. No band States did not drive mag tech. It was inherent issues with the cartridge. What well, I'm still convinced could be an issue over time. Uh, now defense data said his daughter's TX 22 has issues unless you load the mags with the provided loading tool. Otherwise they get caught up. See, see, see. Um, so that could be a, a real pain. Uh, for something like that, for sure. Uh Defense, again, talking about some EAA stuff there, which is weird. Uh There's a freak in the house, gun freak. This is the only revolver I have is a barkeep. Time to get a big boy one. I would agree with that. Uh, but the barkeeps are fun. The barkeep and the barkeep boot, both super fun revolvers. Um, Honestly, good for not much else because they – Typically, they're they're probably going to tumble on you. You know, the rounds are probably going to tumble. Of course, if you're shooting steel, who cares if the rounds are tumbling? Um, so, like I said, they can be they can be fun, uh, and that's where I put them. I put them in that category: the barkeep and the barkeep boot from Heritage for fun. Uh, Defense Dad says the only revolver he has is an a Vindicator in 357 with a six inch barrel. That's a nice one, and another uh, another brand that they can't keep coming into the country and keep up with demand uh, from what i'm hearing so uh so there is x item one he says he has the 13 holder for Corson he is flexing on us out there with his for said it only takes 10 rounds wish they uh, would update mags to get more rounds instead of hanging to buy another gun and tell you why they don't reliability of the design um, that is why you see a lot. You don't see Browning, the Buckmarks, the Rugers, the Smith and victories, the Volkortsons. You don't see them, you don't see them deviating. Is because when you're in a precision bullseye match or that's timed, you cannot have a mag issue. So they fall back to proven designs with their firearms, including proven designs. And you know, we're talking about over decades and decades uh, of their magazines. So that's why that is. Uh, Yeah, so we're up against the hour here, and uh, I want to thank Cody for for jumping in. Uh, And for those that have stuck with us for uh, the other 30 minutes or so of the podcast, it went by pretty quick here, just uh, shooting the bull and and having fun. Uh, Remember that if you have gone this long in replay, you can always join us live. Uh, The poll is now done. Do you own any Taurus firearms? 41% leads the way, says yes. Twenty nine percent says, yes, multiple. I fall into that category as well. Twenty seven percent. Keep it an open nine says no, maybe one day and two percent are just uh, nothing's ever going to make those folks happy. I guess says, uh two percent says no, never. So good to see that the vast majority, 98 percent or so, uh, if they don't have one, is open to it. Because I think whether you're talking Rossi or Taurus, Rossi or Heritage, uh, I think they can be. Uh, I think they can be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that if you're talking defensive use, uh, they can fit that as well. I think if you're talking beauty, uh, they've got it with some of their models, especially the new Executive Series. There's some beautiful revolvers. Um, they just fill a lot of different, different niches and stuff. So um, once again, for those that uh, are. Patreon patrons that are YouTube channel members. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for um, helping out on that front with the support. Thanks to those that super chat, super thanks, and shop over at clovertech.com slash shop. As for this one, we are uh, going to close the books on it. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. Bye. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertac.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CloverTack Podcast.